Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Health Coach Lou, and you're listening to the Smart Talk Podcast. You're going to hear specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and right-on-time health and wellness conversations. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining and listening to the Smart Talk podcast today. I got a really special guest in, in the building tonight. Um, we're going to talk a whole lot about um, employee wellness, mental health, you know, all of it. There's, there's a, a lot of things to cover today. Um, Jesse Gavin, hey, thank you, man, for joining the podcast tonight. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. So, you know, I like to, with, with every guest, just like to start you with, um, you know, your, your story, you know, how you, where you started and how you got to the point to where you're at today. Yeah. So I, I kind of brag a little bit to say I'm one of the few that actually do what I got my major in, which is so rare. Um, I, I feel that a lot of people will say, Oh, I got my major in this, but I do something completely different. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of went into college, uh, wanting to be a veterinarian actually just, but I quickly found out that being a veterinarian means that you have to work on all animals and I'm not a spider insect person, <laughs> snakes. So I'm, I'm more of like a, a house pet right. dog cat veterinarian. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I kind of, I, I transitioned. And so I actually have an associate's degree in biology. So I, I, you know, I kind of got into more of the people realm. And I said, well, I want to be a biology teacher. I kind of got into the mindset that I want to, I want to help people. And I've always been kind of somebody that loves to help out any way I can. And so, you know, kind of biology teacher, football coach. And then I got into um, kind of the realm of physical therapy. And, and I've, I stayed with that for a long time, even into, you know, my bachelor's, got my bachelor's degree in pre-physical therapy and even my master's degree in pre-physical therapy. And I took a, a public health class. One of the classes that we had to take as, as part of my degree was um, a health promotion class and just learning about public health and teaching the, the community as a whole about the importance of public health and epidemiology and transition of disease and, and teaching the world about all these different concepts just really intrigued me. And the, our professor at the time, um, Jennifer Spirit, now Jennifer Block, um, worked for Johnson Space Center at NASA. And she was the wellness director over there. And so she used to come in, she was the adjunct professor and just made it sound f- phenomenal. Her, that her job, just, just helping people realize their potential and realize their dreams and, and helping them reach their goals in all aspects of health and wellness. And so, one day she said, we're looking for interns. And I, I jumped at it. Um, of course, at that time, interning as part of my degree, um, I started personal training and I just, I just came up in the ranks. I just, I was personal training, worked at 24 hour fitness for a little bit while I was working, getting my master's degree. And I got my first break, my first big break. Like I'm a, a Hollywood star Broadway, <laughs> my, my first big break, um, at Beyond Petroleum at BP here in Houston, um, Houston, Texas, as running kind of a sector of their corporate wellness program. Um, 
And it was, it was phenomenal. I, I love the aspect of working one-on-one with people, just getting to know them, getting to know their background and, and, and really just getting to into that holistic aspect of what wellness can be. And, and even corporate wellness, um, you know, how people at their, their peak can impact the business as a whole and how an employee that's not at their peak affects their everyday environment. And so it's, it's just, and I've, I've been in it ever since I love it. I've been, in, I've been in wellness for about 15 years now and now I work for Baylor College of Medicine. Nice. Nice. So, so you specifically work in, in the, you know, specialization of employee wellness right now, How, you know, with, you know, employee wellness, the industry as a whole, I mean, there, there's a lot going on. I mean, there, there's so many, um, you know, different programs, different thoughts about what employee wellness is. Can you kind of explain like what at, at Baylor, what do you guys do for, you know, your employee wellness and, you know, what does that, what does that look like and mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, co- corporate wellness started out very basic, right? So I mentioned, I, I used to be a personal trainer. So after World War II, people realized as people are more physically fit, they're, they're more productive. And so the realm of corporate wellness really started out with, with corporate gyms and, you know, people being able to exercise at work, senior leadership, um, being at the, the peak of, of their potential. But it's since then, it's, it's really morphed. It's, it's morphed to being more holistic. And so we look at the social aspect of wellness, because the more connected, the more there's, there's studies that show the more, the more people, you know, at your, your job, if you have a best friend at your job, you're more likely to stay there through hard times. If you don't know anybody, you don't really talk to anybody. You're, you're not really engaged with your coworkers. You're more likely to leave. And so social connection is important. We look at mental, mental health, mental well-being. We look at financial wellness. And so there's studies that show if somebody has a 400, if somebody incurs a $400 bill, most people will have to go in debt. Most people cannot just pay $400. They're, they're going to have to put it on a credit card or, or they're going to be in, in debt. And so right. at, at Baylor, we, we try to look at the whole end of the spectrum, everything that makes up a, a holistic person, a productive person. And we try to offer resources for all of that. I mean, there's really no area to where we say, no, that's, that's not our realm. So, um, emotional well-being, you know, kind of being your whole enlightened self meditation, whatever that is to somebody, um, spiritual, of course, physical nutrition and and physical activity. So, um, and then uh, again, how all that relates into the, the corporate model and, and making sure that Baylor is prosperous, not only as a business, but also at, for the community. We want to, we want to be the best we can for the community that we serve. Right. And what, what was interesting to me about corporate wellness, Jesse, is that every program should be that way. Like you, you see a lot of programs <laughs> yeah. and, and, and maybe, and granted, like I told you before, I'm, I have not been in the corporate wellness world in, in a few years now. And you know, I do, I'm a clinical health coach. I'm in a clinical setting. Things are a lot different, but you have companies that maybe they, they focus on physical fitness. 
great. Mm-hmm. That that's just the best one piece of the puzzle. But they take that piece and say, we can solve all these problems when that's that's not that's not the truth. You know, you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. there has to be a financial part. There has to be a social part. And, you know, how you do that can be different. But I mean, and you can you said you just can't say, hey, we're a social employee wellness company where we want people to be to know each other, but not have a financial piece because if you're broke, you don't, you don't care about friends sometimes, or you don't want to, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if you're not financially sound or if you don't have those tools, are are you going to want to interact with people? You know what I mean? Are you going to, you know, are you going to want to do some of these, some of these things, you know, volunteer or um, whatever the case may be. So I feel like it needs to be a holistic for every program. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you you just hit the nail on the head eg- exactly because if if you don't have a holistic program, then you're missing a piece that might mean something to someone, right? And I think that's what sometimes people miss is that they try to throw out a net, right? They just try to cast a yeah. net to to get as many people as they can, and it is hard. It's it's if you have a company of 30 versus a cup, a company of 10,000 plus, how are you going to make an individualistic program for everybody? Um, so, so it is hard, but, but like you said, you know, if you don't add the financial piece, because if someone, if someone is fighting and just an example fighting with their spouse, if someone can't pay their bills and they're just, they're just working like the money they make is, is paying for the bare minimum. Right. Or even, even our residents that are working 80 hours a week, they're not, they're not worried about exercise right now. They're just, there's, they're just staying above water. And so you have to have that mental piece. You have to have that connection piece. And it is, and it's okay if people don't have, everything. I mean, cause there's a lot of things involved. There's, there's budgets involved and, and right. those types of things, Absolutely. but, but I mean, there is connection. Connection doesn't take a lot, right? It just, and we have our staff, our, I love our staff. Our staff is so great. We have so many great minds that just, that just think in all different, different aspects and different dimensions. And you find that a lot of people just want somebody, they want to be heard. They, they want somebody to, to listen. They want, they want a place because even with mental health, right? So people go down that road and they, and they feel like there's nobody, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody that emails me about anything, I, they want to feel like that person is, is just listening. And that's, that might be it. And so, so yeah, I mean, to if you can't do everything, it's okay. And, and I've been, I am fortunate at Baylor College of Medicine. I think one of the big aspects too is that we fall under human resources. And through my years in, in corporate wellness, I've been under a lot of different modalities. I've been under, you know, I've been under facilities. I've been under health and safety. But I really feel like HR has all the data all the aspect communication, all the aspects needed to make a real difference. Um, and so that might be one of the biggest pieces that some people miss on is that they don't have wellness under the right piece, EAP, right? right? And there needs to be bridges. There needs to be bridges between all these different people 
uh, clinics, on-site clinics. So we need a lot of people talking to each other. And I, I don't, I, if there's anything that corporate wellness might need to improve on a little bit, I would say that that's it. We need to do, we need to do a lot better at talking to each other. Right, right. And you know, I just, I just had a thought, Jesse, and, and I would love your input on this because we're going to talk a lot about it later on, but like just, I feel like a lot of companies lose sight of their mission statement or their values. And I feel like they have these huge values that you go, you go to any website and you go to about us or our mission. And, and it's these extravagant and really well-written mission statements and, and values. But if you talk to the employees, would they feel that way? And it's like, well, if, if you, if you just stand up for these values, you know what I mean? Like, Will, will your employees, will you need a lot of wellness programs because your, your value system at, in your company, you're, you're sticking to it. Prime example, Chick-fil-A. I mean, just think about it. If you look at all the, the, the comics, uh, skits on online, people uh-huh. are always making fun of how nice the staff is and how crappy like Burger King staff is. And, uh-huh. and maybe that's just a part of their values that they make sure that their staff greets people in, in a, in a positive way. Like, <laughs> like that, you know, you know what I mean? Like maybe employee wellness programs are, are great. And I think everyone should have some kind of programming, but what do you feel like maybe they're not living up to their own mission statement or if it's just something that they felt like they needed to put on the website? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I think I, I think if people could make people understand, there's so many corporate wellness programs for, for companies that really drive home that mission statement, like you were just mentioning, that are phenomenal, right? You have a lot of people that say, once you realize your why, if your why, why, why you live, whatever it is, whether it's community whether it's to serve, whatever it is, if that can tie into the company you work for, right, you're going to be engaged, no, no matter what. And so there's a lot of companies that drive home. Southwest is one of them, right? So Southwest did a huge branding model about their why. We're here to serve you. And you see that everywhere, right? Yep. Um, so there's, there's shoe companies that do that as well. And people, people will follow people more, more than words. Right. So, and that's kind of not to go on a tangent, but that's kind of where Instagram influencers come from. People will follow people, people drank as I was not to age myself, but people drank Sprite because Michael Jordan drank Sprite. Absolutely. Not Sprite was good. Sprite's good, but we, we follow that ideology of people. So same thing with companies. If you can place your value system in line with the company value system and they mesh together, again, me personally, if if we go through a downfall, I will fight with that company more than if, if I would say, ah, this company doesn't really mesh with me. They, they weren't transparent. You know, they, two couple years ago, they, they weren't very honest. And so people will start to nitpick 
And so values come and, and their mission statement becomes very apparent, apparent in low times, right? When highs are high, it's great. Yep. But when the lows are low, that's when that mission statement really comes through. And I can think of a prime example during COVID. Down here, there's a there's a restaurant in, in Galveston, Texas called The Spot. So, you know, during a lot of layoffs that are going on right now, they said, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to keep, keep all of our staff. We're going to, you know, keep salaries, you know, the same. We're not going to do all that. And they, people got wind of it. And now they're during that time, they did not decline in sales. Their sales actually went up because that value system really bled through. That and that's awesome. And and people he people love that. People love people love to help. People love to see companies doing their part to help to help people and help a community. Yeah. I mean, I think I think in our heart, we are all very altruistic. We we want to help. We wanna we wanna do we wanna do more. Um and I think having that avenue you know to do that is is great and and whenever we see that where we can do more small businesses right now whenever we can give back whenever we can do a little bit to help that's really where our our values can are able to be displayed um and people really love that right exactly and so i want to kind of touch on an article you wrote on linkedin jesse 2020 the the year of value-based decision making um and i will put the link in the description of this podcast so the people listening can go and, and check it out. Cause it's a really well-written um, easy to read article um, kind of, you know, talking a lot about, um, you know, the value of different companies and how people are really paying attention. You know, can, can you explain a little bit about, you know, what, what got you to write, you know, write this article and kind of where, where, where was your head at as you were trying to write down your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you very much for saying it was well-written. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, it's, of course, value-based decision-making is usually put aside to, to companies, right? Senior, senior leadership and CEOs and owners can put that value-based decision-making into what they do for their company. But I think nowadays, um, people are really saying my assets, so I work hard for my money or whatever I do, who do I want to be associated with it with, right? So we, we always heard since we were little kids, you know, that your group of friends project your value system, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, who you're associated with, you want to be associated with people that build you up, not bring you down and, and have good values. And that's really how you, you progress. That's one of the, the one of the first things people will say. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. If somebody goes through AA, right? So you'll say, if you want to progress, then you have to look at your circle. And if you're around people that do that, you might want to distance yourself from where you want to be. Because you want to make sure that the people you hang around are aligned with your goals. Right. And so, 
you know, I, I just sat back and I started, I started looking around and so many people are making personal decisions about everyday decisions to make sure that where they hang out, where they spend their money, those organizations are in line with their values. So you mentioned Chick-fil-A. I'll, I'll, you know, a couple of years back, Chick-fil-A went through kind of, uh, um, you know, a, a transition. A lot of people yeah. were saying, I'm not going to eat at Chick-fil-A because of what they stand for. Whatever it is, right? And yeah. so with, and I actually do CrossFit, which, you know, we won't go that road. I, I told you the, the number one rule of CrossFit is you have to talk about CrossFit, right? So I knew it was coming up. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and that's, but that's what made me sit back and say, wow, people are putting their value system with where they go to the gym, right? So where yep. they are now being physically active, they want that organization to be in line with their values. And right now, CrossFit is going through kind of a, a change where a lot of people said, you know what? That company is not in line with my values. I do not want to be associated with that brand. And it was just, it's amazing to me how people will, you know, how people have become that minute to say, even where I work out, I want to make sure that they're in line with what I feel. Yeah. It, 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 I, I, to I totally agree. And, you know, just to, um, also something, something from your, from the article, you, you had a list of, a list of values. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to kind of tie this back into employee wellness. Cause this is the question I'm kind of curious of your, your thoughts on. So you had a, a list of values, you know, um, acceptance, you know, compassion, dignity, just, just to name a few, there was, there was a, a list of a lot, a laundry list of them, which were really good values. Um, but in the office, you, you know, everybody has different value systems. Some mm -hmm. people may not have the same value system as you have. Um, there's a lot going on in the world today where, um, you know, an example that, you know, that, that I give with the, um, the stuff going on in, in Minnesota um, and being a black man in, in an office with people who, you know, may have different views as I do. How do you keep that? Um, how do you keep the peace? You know, and, and that's just, and that's just, um, just one scenario. I mean, there are so many things going on in the world today as far with, with public health, with, um, with COVID-19 and people having different of views on that. And it can, it can be a problem in the office. Um, what do you do about that? You know, you know, what's, you know, what's the, what's the solution? You know, how do you, you know, how do you stick with, you know, keep your core values, knowing that the people you work closely with may not have your same values, but you still have to you have to work with them. You know, how does, what's, what's the, you know, what's the answer? I think the main thing to, to realize, and, and you're right. I mean, there's just, there's so much going on right now that, I think the number one value that people can really try to work on is respect because no matter what background people come from, and a lot of that is tied to paradigms, which I talk about paradigms in the article, which paradigms 
for people listening, if, if, um, you know, if you're not familiar with paradigms, it's just basically the concept of how you view the world, right? So if you really sit back and say, my paradigm is literally cannot be the same as anybody else's because my childhood was different. My past is different. How I was raised was different. Um, it literally could not be the same. That's really what makes you unique is your paradigm, how, how you see the world. And, and so if you sit back in a corporate setting and say, I literally cannot see this person's viewpoint because I might not understand where they're coming from. And, and if I take a second to say, you know, what might be the angle that they are taking to see this? I think that respect would come a, a lot further. And especially right now, I mean, people are so frustrated, whether they're working from home or going into the office, people are scared if they're going to the office sometimes, but just remembering that respect for one another is is not something that is takes a lot of effort it's not something that takes money it's just an internal thing that you can put forward and again like i mentioned earlier just the, the simple things like a mission and the why people will see that people will see the effort that you're putting forth to say you might not understand my point of view, which literally you, you, you might not be able to, you might not, right. you might, you can't because you did not grow up in my realm, but you, you respect where I'm coming from. You respect that my angle is my angle. And I think that that, that can go a long way. So that's, I mean, that's one of Baylor College of Medicine's core values is respect and that's something that we really try to push forward, especially right now. Again, people are get, get frustrated and, and they might not understand people, certain things, but I think respect is something that can really be given and, and people will um, really appreciate that. Yeah. And it goes a long way, you know, just, you know, not to, not to um, talk about it too much, but the, the George Floyd situation, I had somebody come up to me straight up and say, Hey, I don't, I don't get it. Tell me because they didn't get it from my perspective. And it wasn't malicious. I really respect it. I, like you said, I respected the fact that they were man enough to say, Hey, I don't get it. Can you, can you get me to get it? And after that, we had a very good conversation. And I think it, it made us better friends. The fact that he showed me the respect of coming to me because he didn't have to, he could have just had his opinion and left it to himself and just let, let it go. But he was like, Hey, you know, he respected me as a, as a person, as a human being and wanted to get my thoughts on it. And it was, it was a great conversation. You know what I mean? And it, and it went, it went a long way. And I think if a, a lot of companies, like you said, you know, hold true to that value, not just have it in their mission statement, but make sure that, you know, they are actually trying to practice it from the, you know, the highest leadership down. Um, man, that can go a long way for, you know, a company morale. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, we didn't even talk about this earlier, but I'm so happy you said that, that sometimes just the willingness to understand goes such a long way. I, oh I have God. a lot yeah. of people that will email me about corporate wellness and, and they're just like, I have another question. You know, I, I don't really understand this. I'm sorry. I'm asking so many questions. 
And I'll tell him, I'll, I'll say, don't be sorry because you're trying to understand. And I, I love that. I love knowledge. I love, and spouses, right? So I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, Corey, if COVID-19, the first year of marriage, I got married last September, that's a test, right? We're both working from home. We're both working from home in the first year of marriage. That's a test, right? And, and Absolutely. I, I love her so much. And, and now I feel like we can get through anything. But if you, if you have a spouse and you're, you're having a disagreement, what do they usually say? I don't want you to agree. I want you to understand. Exactly. Right? Exactly. A, a willingness to understand it's just such a fundamental internal, it, it just can't be mistaken for anything else, right? And and like you said, nobody doesn't want it in a harsh way. And right now people are asking a lot of questions, but people just want to understand. Like, I want to understand your paradigm. I want to understand. And I might not never, I might not ever be able to, to speak to it or whatever, but I just want to understand it to, to some level. And I think that that is something that's going to take us to the next stage is that so many people now are asking questions just for the sake of, of wanting to understand because people can read anything anywhere, but it takes a little bit more effort to try to understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Understanding takes, takes context. It takes time. It takes Mm-hmm. really trying to to learn you you could you can take you know a meme or a clickbait article and form an opinion you can definitely do that nine times mm-hmm. out of ten it may be wrong because you don't have context you, you know what i mean and yeah and that can that can lead you down wrong wrong sense of thinking and, and sometimes yeah i think i think nowadays you know, with social media, people just are so split, instant reaction. Let me write this down. But they just don't take the time to to look up where it came from or they don't take that chance to understand. So, yeah, you're I mean, you're exactly right. Absolutely. And and in kind of the. In, in, a, in a company in, in in employee health right now. You know, like we were just talking about with, you know, some, you know, injustices that people are are focused on. Coronavirus ain't went nowhere. It's still like, hey, I'm still here. Y'all ain't Mm -hmm. kicked this curve yet. You know know what I'm saying? It's still there. Um, Mental health in the workplace has, has, is like, hey, it's about to wave the white flag. Like it's, it, like we need help. Like employee, employees, people need help and um that's that's a population that employee wellness programs can really be important with especially right now with people um just wanting to talk or you know they're at home, they're stuck at home all day afraid to breathe outside or cough you you know what i mean and then now a lot of companies are making their employees just stay home full time for you know how, mm-hmm. how however long um have you seen what what have you noticed you know what are your thoughts on mental health in the workplace especially right now um and what are what are some solutions that you feel like work really well 
So for the past couple of years, you know, wellness has kind of come through a little bit of a transition, like, like most things do. So not too long ago, it was kind of know your numbers as far as risk factors, cholesterol, diabetes, right. those types of things. And then, you know, financial wellness really kind of hit the, hit the scene, um, sleep management, those types of things. But, you know, I think, I think mental health is for the past two or three years has been something to where people say, have been saying, this is something we really need to look at because right. the world is getting more demanding and, we, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier is that the old, the older mindset is, is work is work. Life is life. Check it at the door. Don't bring it into the office, but we can't do that. Right. We are home. If you're, yeah, that's, if you're having issues in, in the workplace, you're not going to be fully engaged in what you're doing at work. And so we've really started to look at mental health and say, and to say, this really has an impact of how productive somebody is during the day, whether it's depression, um, whatever it is, what, you know, how it has to do with absenteeism. And so, especially right now with unemployment, uncertainty, which is huge in mental health, yeah. anxiety. So even before COVID-19, people that have anxiety, people that are OCD about germs. And so now it's just skyrocketing and how that can play an impact on how productive they are for a company. So it's, it's become one of the major topics in wellness. I think, you know, mental health is, is probably, of course, the number one thing companies are really looking at to, to add more resources. And so at, at Baylor College of Medicine, um, we're very fortunate, of course, internally with our manager clinic, um, which is our uh, mental health uh, facility. We've created a, a program internally to help people, our faculty, talk to somebody because, of course, faculty and resident burnout is huge. Clinic, clinic burnout is huge in our country as well. Right. And again, not to go down a, a rabbit hole, but if we're thinking about that, our nurses and, and people that are scared to go to work because they're encountering COVID patients and they can't go home. And so we've actually done a lot of things for s- support. Um, you know, for a long time, we've done things with, uh, it's called free, feed the front lines. So we brought in food for them. We brought in snacks. Um, we partnered with organizations like Tide. And so, you know, if they can't go get their clothes washed or if they need their scrubs washed or something like that, um, you know, we partner with, with those organizations, but, um, you know, mental health, um, Telemedicine, which which is on the rise right now, kind of virtual virtual spaces yeah. for for mental health, and so I think that's one of the major things that are that it, that is coming up in the ranks as far as wellness is is mental health, and and another thing I think is going to happen as well, talking about the future of corporate wellness is I think people are going to get back to kind of I mentioned it's the transition, I think people are going to circle back to risk factors because. 
research shows, studies show that people that have more, the higher comorbidities with diabetes, cholesterol, those types of things are having serious side effects with COVID-19. So I think a lot of corporations and, and public health practitioners are going to go back to saying, this is something you really need to look at, right? It, financial wellness, mental wellness, all that is is very important about your productivity and 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 how you're doing in the workplace. But you have to make sure that if you have diabetes, you're getting your checks, right? You're getting your eyes checked, you're getting your feet checked. And you as a clinical coach know this more than anybody. Yes. I mean, that's part of my job, you know, so I, Mm -hmm. so we look at, um, you know, a lot of, you know, data and we get data on people who are, you know, pre-diabetic or or who had a specific A1C, but hasn't had any of their, haven't had their eye check or haven't had their dental exam. And I gotta, I gotta contact those people and make sure they get in because they don't understand that, you know, you're at a risk, like, a bad one. Like you, you got, you got to be in here. You got to make sure you're on top of your game. Um, because just because it's pre in front of, you know, the diagnosis does not mean that you're not, that you're, you're okay. So I I get that a lot. Like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just pre-diabetic. I literally hear that from people. it's like, don't, I don't think that way because (laughs) it could, yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah I, you are pre diabetic but you know what i mean like yeah, so, I, I, i'll tell you this. i didn't mean to cut you go ahead no no i was done go ahead but i was gonna i was gonna tell you a story i was gonna tell you a story that this is what really made me stick in in wellness and i just thought of it because you said that but I, I worked for a company out of san antonio that we we handled the um wellness program for a city in Southern Texas. And so, and we actually did health coaching for um, screening follow-up. And so of course with wellness, we can't diagnose, right? We can't say, right. You are a diabetic. We just have to consult from the general population and say, you need to get a follow-up with, with a physician. Right. And right. so I was talking to this gentleman. He, he was, a, he was a um, custodian at the school and I was talking to him and he had, he had a, a high glucose. He had a really high HbO1c, um, which just a quick for listeners, HbO1c is kind of the variant of how high your glucose goes and how low it goes. Like you want to kind of have a good baseline, but if it goes way high and way low, your HbO1c is going to be off. Right. Um, and so I was talking to him and I was like, sir, this is, this is something you really need to get checked out. And he looked at me and he's, and he's looking at the packet and we had a very detailed packet and he said, what does this say? And I, I explained it and he said, well, what does that say? And I said, I said, sir, can you, can you see the words on the page? He's like, well, the, the words are kind of blurry. And I, I, in the back of my head, I mean, just alarms started going off. Yeah. And I, and I was, I talked to him, I said, sir, do, do your, do your fingers and, and toes like, did I get numb? Um, and he's like, yeah, sometimes I can't feel the tips of my fingers. And so then I'm like, I'm like kind of panic attack. Cause I want to, I'm going to kind of get this guy. I feel like he's going to fall out in front of me. And so I said, sir, you, you really need to go in. And so I, I got to follow up later on. It turns out that this gentleman hasn't taken his diabetes medicine. Hadn't 
taking his diabetes medicine in like eight years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I was just like, God. And it's just those those moments. Like you saved somebody's life, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it was so. It was so. It hit me in my. It hit me so deep down. And it's it's just crazy how how so finances. I mean, there's no telling why he hasn't taken this medicine. Finances, he hasn't had access. Maybe he didn't have a car. It's and it's just so crazy how it all ties together. But that really, it really hit home to me to say I'm I'm in the right. I'm in the right space. Like this is what I need to be doing. Right. Because there's, a, there's also that thing where people, people don't know and they're afraid to ask the question, kind of what you were talking about with people asking you questions about employee wellness. They may have, they may have been experiencing, you know, blurry vision for months and they're afraid to go to the hospital or they're afraid to tell someone that, Hey, is this, is this okay? Or is it because I just, you know, my, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're afraid to ask that question, but you know, the more, you know, you know, the better the outcomes can be and you got to get it right away. So having someone who has the, thank God you knew some of the signs and were able to tell him, Hey, you gotta, you gotta go. Or he just would have been, who knows what would have happened to that man. Yeah. I mean, people, people, people don't know how normal feels. Your, your body gets used to what you do to it. Like yep. if you don't eat fast food and then you eat fast food again, you're going to feel it, right? Your body gets used to what you do to it. So having high blood pressure, having high glucose, your body's going to get used to how that feels. And you, you're not, they're like, well, I feel normal, but they don't know how normal feels. Yeah. And then right? when they get to normal, that feels bad. They feel bad at normal. Your body, they don't understand. You got to get used to that. And they just go back to doing what they've been doing because they want to feel quote unquote normal, but their, their normal is not normal. <laughs> like This is yeah, not, exactly. not how it should be. Like I mean, I've had I, people tell I'm me, oh, you, my I, blood sugar. It, there was another individual that I took his blood pressure and it was, it was 220 over 120. Oh, Yes. And this guy still was, walking. oh man. And this guy worked in a plant setting. So he was lifting heavy loads. I oh, said, sir, man. you got to, you got to go to a clinic. Like if it's not go to a ready clinic, go to a convenience care clinic, just, you got to do something. And he, he went there. Thank, thank the Lord. He went there and they said, do not pass go. You're going to the hospital now. Again, a lot of this is follow up just from from later on, right? But he he ended up having double bypass surgery the next day. Oh wow! And I saw him later on, and he he came up he came up to me and said, "I I just want to thank you. My family wants to thank you because I don't I don't know what would have happened, but I might not be here six months from now." Like oh, and that was, wasn't a might. Yeah, he he was in a plant setting, feeling his his normal self, and if that corporate wellness program screening did not happen that day, if they did not encourage him to go and get this done, you just you just never know. You just you never just never know. know. 
And, right. and what drives me crazy, Jesse, is there are people, um, and I'm, and I'm sure you've read the articles that say wellness programs don't work. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of articles out there that say research shows that wellness programs are a waste of money or there's, there's no return on investment or this, that, and the third about employee wellness programs. And there's obvious benefits, but, you know, being, being, you know, you know, a, a person in employee wellness, you know, how do you respond to someone saying, oh, employee wellness doesn't work? It, you know, a lot of times whenever people say employee wellness doesn't work, you have to look at the what they're looking at. And what they're looking at a lot of times is the research articles that look at that type of thing. And if you look at the very end of the article, whenever it talks about limitations, a lot of these articles because it's hard to not do it this way, but a lot of times people will look at one company, which in wellness, it does take, I mean, leadership has to be on board. There's a lot of variables that have to take off before a wellness program to work. And so, um, you know, time, a lot of these articles are not doing it for long enough. A lot of studies will say that three to five years is what it takes to, for a wellness, you really see ROI. Um, a lot of these programs are not, do not have access to the data. So I mentioned HR being under human resources is very important. And a lot of times wellness programs are not under the right, um, the appropriate, you know, um, department. Right. And so I, I, th I think that there needs to be more wellness research. Um, and there, like you said, there are a lot of benefits um, I do honestly feel personally that wellness saves people's lives. Do I think that wellness is the one cure all for all healthcare issues that we're facing today? I, I don't, I, I think it takes a team. I think it takes, Absolutely. I think it takes benefits. I think it takes wellness. I think it takes onsite clinics. I think it takes physicians. I think it takes trainers. I think it takes nutritionists. I think it takes, you know, we have financial one-on-ones, right? So I think it takes all those ingredients together to really show an ROI. And it, it, it is hard. And, and I think a lot of times people will say it's too hard and then they'll go to a, a value on investment, which is a, a like you said, there's a benefit. There's a huge value to wellness and, and people will say, well, it's just the right thing to do. And it, it is people will, will start to look at companies to say, like we mentioned earlier, what you, do your values mesh with mine? And what are those side benefits that you offer that will help me with my work-life balance? Will you allow Absolutely. me to work from home a little bit? Do you offer wellness resources? And so uh, wellness does work. It, it does. Um, but if you offer one or two initiatives, are you going to get the complete results you, you are expecting? Maybe not. It, it depends on, on what they are. And you really have to make sure that, you know, vendor choices are a huge part of it as well. Um, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have a, a great vendor partner um, working with us with our wellness program. Um, again, plus who we are. 
I mean, we are, we have a lot of internal resources, some of the best minds in, in medicine um, to help offer these resources to our employees as well as the community. Um, and, and some people might not have access to that. So you really have to sit back and say, what do we have? What are, what are our goals are? And really put, um, put together a plan to where it benefits the, the masses, right? Whether it's the low risk or the moderate risk, like you said, the, the pre-diabetics to make sure that they don't go up any higher in risk level. And then the people that are high risk, they're getting managed. They're taking their medication if they should. They are uh, getting their eyes checked. They're getting their follow-ups. They're, they have a primary care doctor. And so I, I, it, it's, it, it takes a lot. I, 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 one of the amazing thing, I, I feel like I'm getting tripped on my words because there's so much I want to say. There's, there's so, so much room for growth, I feel like, in the wellness space that we're, we're only at 70, 75% of what we can accomplish. And it's, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm really looking forward to it, what we can do going forward. Yeah. And, and just, and I, I don't want to get on a soapbox right now, but we kind of touched on something that really is important to me. You know, the the re, the ROI versus the VOI or the value on investment. And I am on that value on investment team. I'm team hashtag value of investment. <laughs> so and, and just, just let me explain, Jesse, and, and you can kind of tell me your thoughts. You know, so as a, as a, as a health coach in a, in a hospital, um, I focus on preventive, preventative care, right? So I work with, I try to get to the patients that are pre-diabetic, you know, pre-hypertensive or, you know, whatever the pre is. So they, so I can get them before it gets too bad. So they don't end up in the ER utilizing the ER two to three times a month or, um, they don't end up, you know, having to get on five or six medications. I try to get them before that happens. And you're not going to see that return in a year. You, you know what I mean? Like that that's something that's not, mm-hmm. um, that you're not going to see on, on the, you know, on, on the stat sheet right away. Uh, and ca- kind of similar with employee wellness. You know, I feel like why does there have to be this, why does there have to be this talk about, well, how much money am I going to save? Well, you are doing a, you're doing something great for people. You know what I mean? Like you should want to offer this to your company, you know, these, these services, or you should, you should want a health coach at the hospital who is reaching out to these patients. So they are not clogging up the ER, you know, you know what I mean? For patients who actually maybe need to go to the ER, you know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, you're you're not going to see it. This is this is this is the way I see it. Um, so I'm you know I am I'm from Illinois. I'm, I am 36. I grew up Chicago Bulls. That's my team. Die hard Bulls fan. But you got to ask the question: Would the Chicago Bulls have had the six championships if they didn't have Phil Jackson? Now, Phil Jackson wasn't out there doing what Michael Pippen, you know, Kukoc coach and all those guys were doing. They still did the work, but I don't know if you saw the, um, the documentary 
everybody talked about how Phil Jackson was able to manage all of those personalities. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see what that's what preventative care is. We're we're not necessarily managing personalities, but we're doing things that you don't see on the court. You know what I mean? Like we're at we're adding a value that's not going to be on the stat sheet. And and that is that is why I feel like this preventative care or employee wellness, regardless of how much money it saves, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's it's a value. And it should it should be it should be valued. Like the fact that there are professionals out there that can help your employees be more productive and you can you can literally add to the, the value of, of your company. Yes, I, I get it. I, I get if someone says, you know, but I want to see a return. I get it. Mentally, in my mind, I get it. I just don't care. <laughs> like because <laughs> I feel like it is more important to have the option. I have a friend of mine that literally took a job that paid less because the company that he wanted gave their employees a free gym membership. They pay for a membership to the gym. Yeah. And you, there's a lot yeah. of people that well, do that. I, they, they would. What's that? I, I'll, answer, I'll answer it and, I, and I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions. So I'm going to interview yes. you a little bit, I guess. <laughs> so in an, in an ideal world, yes. And, and like I mentioned earlier, people are going to move to that mindset. It's not just money. It's what else can you offer me to help with my work-life balance, right? right. So that mm-hmm. that value needs to be there. There's there's something to be said for more productive employees, more um, bright, you know, vibrant, um, vital employees, in, in how productive they are. I I. I, I like you, I, I can't see how people can dispute that nowadays. Um, but we talked about data, right? And so right. with pre-diabetics that you health coach, there are statistics that say if someone if someone is goes from pre-diabetic and they don't become a full-blown diabetic, the cost of diabetes is X. There's, there's studies out there that, that say this is the cost of diabetes for X right. number of years. So you can do, you can do a projected cost savings. Um, but, and uh, you can also do as far as production. And so if someone has diabetes complicated, and I'm just using diabetes cause that's what we were talking about, but you can kind of translate this into many different chronic conditions. Um, if someone has diabetes complications, maybe they have to take more days off, which you can take, um, you know, what they, what people make on average multiplied by the number of days that people take off. You can also, do you, do you, do you have an onsite clinic at your, at your facility? Yeah, it's, it's a primary care clinic. Okay, Perfect. So one of the major benefits of an on-site clinic, because you can imagine if you have to go to the doctor, say you have a doctor outside of your work, are you going to take 
a couple hours off or are you going to take, you know, a half day or maybe even a full day off for you? Well, say, say it again. So if, if you have to go to the doctor and your doctor's not at your work, right? you're, you're not going to take a couple hours off, right? Most people take a half day or they take the full day for one yep, doctor. I usually, I usually take the full day off for a doctor. Like when the I do my off. yearly physical, I take the full day off. Full day off, which it only takes a couple hours, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you have an onsite clinic, that's now six hours that you're recouping. So if Very you true. can have that that person go to an onsite clinic, that's really where onsite clinics can really save you those dollars. Is that you're not having people having to take full days off, and plus, of course, there's there's costs and controlled costs if you have it in in house and stuff like that. So um, there there is a huge value, but if you have the data, if you're in the right space, you can show that ROI, it, it, it is doable. Right. You, again, you just have to have a team. It, you have to talk to people. You have to get in the analytics um, because the value is there. The value you can, you can prove very easily for wellness programs and, and making people more productive. Um, but I really feel that the, the, the return on investment is, is there too. Right. Um, no, I get that. I get that. And a lot of people, a lot of people will say, does it make sense to pay for this for the whole company? It depends on what it is. Um, you know, if it's the diabetes management program, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people will say, you know, if you implement a diabetes management program, it, people don't really, um, it doesn't really save you anything for what you're spending on it. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't really give a shit if it saves one person, you can't put a price tag on a life. Right. That one person makes the whole program worth it. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in your camp on that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, and like I said, I, I get, I get the argument. I just, but what you see is, is that prevention or, employee wellness programs are immediately the, the the first thing is all they, you know, there's, there's the return isn't there. Well, I feel like there's a lot more to it than just looking at, you know, the, the money aspect. And I know as a business person, someone running a company, that's their job to think about, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what the the money, like, you know, I, I get that. Um, I just hope that in the future or even, even now, there are companies that say, you know what, we're going to take this cost or eat this cost or whatever, you know, whatever terms they say is because we want this to be a value for our employees or we want this to be a value for our patients. You know, that's why, that's why I'm at the hospital. I am a, I am a value service, you know, our, at, at the clinic that I work, the patients that, you know, go there, they can see me at no cost. You know, as long as they see a, pr- a primary care provider there. So, you know, that's, that's a value to them. And yeah. I think that's just important. I think that's, that's important for people to think outside of, you know, what, what the research says the return is in three to five years. Like, there's, there's a lot more to it because that, 
that that guy that you saved his life who had the crazy blood pressure or who couldn't f- see or feel his fingers, I don't think he really cares if, you know, the, the company didn't s- save any money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I think he's pretty stoked that you saved his life. I'm just going to go out yeah. on a limb. <laughs> just... <laughs> Just a guess. Just, the, um, <laughs> I just guess. You're totally right. And you, you know, I think I also think you know what it is. I think that it's it's twofold. And and I will I will say this is that I think wellness needs to stop over promising and under delivering. Yes. Yep. Because, like I said, wellness is not the cure all for the healthcare issues that we face today. It's a, it's a piece. It's a piece of, it's a very important piece, but it's a piece of the puzzle. And I think for so long, people said, corporate wellness is it. Let me add a wellness program and you're going to lower your healthcare costs. Yep. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. So I think wellness vendors, and this might be a, a call to action to wellness vendors, a challenge, stop over-promising. Stop overpromising because people are people. They go through trends. They have highs and lows, and you know it, it takes it takes a team. It takes benefits. It takes centers of excellence. It takes prescription costs control. It takes you know in network, out of network, educating people on health literacy. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into healthcare costs and some of it we can't even control. Right. We can't control what people charge for, right. The over the counter drugs or the, or the formularies and stuff like that. Some of that stuff we don't control. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. There's, there's only control, so much you can. can't control, you know, certain, if a lot of people have some years are going to be better than others. Right. So you have to understand that. Yes, absolutely. It's a puzzle, Corey. It's it's again. That's what, that's why I think wellness is at seventy seventy five percent. There's just so much more we can do. There's so much more we can do, and yeah, and we're cool. getting there. It's it's on the up. It's on the up. It's I mean we're, we're still in the infancy stage. Well, well, corporate wellness is still. I mean it's, it's old, but what you see today is is only ten ten years old. Ten yeah, fifteen. I know it, which is crazy to think, right? And like, there's, there's so much, there's so much more to learn. Yes, we know, we know a whole lot, but there's so much more to learn because, you know, like, like you were saying that people are going to people, people are going to people, man. And you, even though you may have the best health coaches in the world, you may not be able to get to all of them and you may have the best digital platform in the world. Some people aren't going to care. So, you know, it, it's still a service that relies on, you know, the people that you're serving too, even though it's, uh, uh, even though it's great, you're still relying on the people that you're serving. So having, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, having those different um, aspects, having the financial wellness and the social wellness and um, the, the, the fitness and all that make are, are important. So you can try to at least capture some part of somebody where they're at in their wellness journey. 
Exactly. I call it, it's got points of inclusion. You have to have as many points of inclusion as you can, points of entry. Absolutely. Everything is not going to work for everybody, but something is going to work for a lot of people. You just have to find out what that something is. And the more points of entry that you have, the better off you're going to be. Because like you said, some people are internet people. Some people are face-to-face people. Some people are written communication people. They like to read. Some people are auditory. People learn in different ways. And the more ways that you can, again, things, things don't have to cost a lot of money. But the more points of entry that you can have, you never know. And, and people might just uh, might not be ready, right? People are on that, that continuum as well, the change continuum. And so yeah. people might not be ready to change, but sometimes you just have to be like, when, when you're ready, when you are ready, if someone smokes, it's okay. You're not ready right now. When you are ready, I'm, I'm here. I'll be here. And sometimes that's, that's what it takes. That's all it takes. And then whenever they are ready, they know exactly who they can go to. Right. They have the resource available to them when, mm-hmm. when they are ready. That's awesome. Jesse, thank you so much for this. This is a, a great conversation. I'm, I'm excited for the people to listen to it. Um, yeah, I, I hate to do it to you, but you know, I, I do it for, to every guest and I have them give the people a, a smart goal, something to take with them, uh, at, you know, for the, for the next week. And we talked about so much in this podcast, so many goals you can choose from, um, you know, but you know, what is one thing or what what is something you feel like, um, would be a good goal for someone to try to accomplish within the next week? So I'll tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you a goal and then I'll give you a tip. I, one of the best tips, I love it. I love to tell everybody it. But the goal I would say, especially right now, is to just reach out, reach out to one person, whoever it is, because you never, you just, again, you, you never know. You never know how somebody's feeling um, with isolation and those types of things. Pick one person, give them a call. Say hi, say how much they mean to you. Tell them you care about them. Tell them you're there if, if they need somebody to talk to. Um, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's, I think that's so important right now is, is connection. And then the tip that I tell is just on the other side of the, the health continuum is I tell people with nutrition is if you, if you want to eat healthy, you know, you can't just say, I'm going to start eating healthy. That's, that's my goal. That, that's not a smart goal, exactly what we're talking about. So what I tell everybody is if you go to the grocery store, stay along the outside edge. Because if you think about the layout of a grocery store, you have the produce, everything refrigerated, pass up the bakery. You don't need the bakery. But everything that's pretty healthy is along the outside edge. Once you start going down the aisles, you start getting into the processed foods, things that have high sodium, high fat, things that are made to last a long time. But if you just start by shopping along the outside edge, great start. Great start. It all starts in the shopping cart. And that's that's where you're going to have success right there. Absolutely. Jesse, thank you so much for I, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. 
reach out to one person because even they they may not say anything. You know, I I know I have a family member that I can reach out to him and say, "Hey, what's up, man? Just thinking about you," and he'll make a joke. But I know it means so much to him. And they so mm-hmm. they, they may they may not say come out and say, "Hey, I've been going through it today, man. Thank you for reaching out." They may not say that, but it means you just know in your heart that it means a lot. And when it comes to when it comes to to diet, Jesse, that that's something I've told people all the time because it's just it's an easy strategy. It's, there's nothing there's nothing crazy about it. It's just just go around. It's 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 so easy, especially someone who hasn't really tried to you know they're they're a beginner in trying to make healthier choices. It's it's a great strategy. It's easy and is is there's not a whole lot of thought in you know how they're supposed to maneuver the the grocery store. It's just you know go go around first. Yep, exactly. It's it's we have it's okay to not be okay. We have to we have yeah. to get out of the mindset to say I'm okay. How are you today? I'm good. It's right. okay to say you know what I'm 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 not I'm not good today. Today's today's a rough day. So yeah. We, reach out to me, Corey. If, if you need somebody to reach out to you, reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I know we've been going for an hour, but I, we got another hour to go. Let me tell you how I'm feeling today. It all started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. Awesome. Well, Hey, Jesse, I appreciate it. Um, where can the people find you at on social media? If they want to, you know, reach out and, and get in contact with you. Yeah. So I mean, I'm on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. If you just search Jesse Gavin, um, you, you can find me to find a, a, a side story. I know we're running out of time, but there's, a, there is a Jesse Gavin that is like a small film director. It's not me. <laughs> so if you, if you search Jesse Gavin, you might have pull up his, uh, movies and those types of things. But so I just, I uh, just searched it and I found this guy with this very thick mustache. <laughs> yes, that is him. That is him. <laughs> So this is not you. This is not you. That Got is, it. That is not. I'm, I, that he looks like Super Mario. That is. That is not me. But if you he if really you search does. Jesse Gavin, you, you see uh, BC and Be Well, which is our wellness program, or, or Baylor College of Medicine on Instagram or um, on LinkedIn. Uh, that that that's me. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, Jesse, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the the information and just the. The value that that you gave us tonight, um, and I'll be looking forward to. Man, there, there's so much to talk about in in this space. Um, we didn't even get to touch on social determinants of health, which is something that you know I had in my notes that I wanted to talk about. So I'll definitely have to, if you if you're willing, you know, get you back on, get you back on soon to kind of talk about some other aspects of wellness, um, because I I do believe social determinants of health affect. The, the workplace. I mean, there, there's research on it. There's, there's articles about it. So I definitely want to, you know, get back in touch with you. Absolutely. I, I am more than willing to. Social determinants of health is so important right now. And we, yeah, we could, we could go a whole another hour just on the different social determinants of health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know it. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, thank you for being on and thank you for listening to the smart talk podcast. I'll see you next time. <laughs>